Okay, so now we move on to the Simon of Shinta Zayin, 316 Orchaim, on Seda. Seda is trapping, trapping which is forbidden and when it's permissible on Shabbos. So the uh, principal act of trapping the Malacha is that they would trap Chilozen, which was to get the dye of the Tchelis, some sort of fish creature. Um, and then and the other thing was Tchashim, a certain type of... Uh, a special animal that was only existing in the times of the Mishkan, where they used the skin for the uh, making of the tent or the Oamoid. So, so those. So, so the question is, what is what is forbidden in Torah? What is forbidden in the Rabbanon? When is it forbidden from Torah and rabbinical? So, we have many conditions that need to be met in order for trapping something that it would be forbidden. Uh, I'll go through some of the you know more simple um, general rules. For example, um, one topic is that you need to trap it bemina um, nitzad that you're trapping something which you have a need for it. It's something which is what people want it. So if you trap, let's say, an impre- uh, a valuable animal or or something where people would want to trap it, just like the chilazan and the and the uh, other type of skin from the animal, the techashim. So those things were what they needed. So if you trap something you need, could come to uh, be prohibited biblically. However, if you're trapping something because you don't want it, you don't want it to bother you, that'll be another story as we'll see. Another another um, condition for trapping to be forbidden is that you have to trap it in a way where it stays fully trapped. So let's say you would trap it, but it's still not fully trapped. You, something comes in your house and you close the door, but it's still not easy to catch it. Uh, this, uh, for example, there's a, a bird, which is called uh, the duror. I think in English it's translated as a sparrow. So the duror is so hard to catch even in a house. It's like it's dwelling in the house and out of the house. So that would not be um, definitely not forbidden biblically because you, you didn't easily, you have to be able to confine it to an easy place, which which you're not able to do in that scenario. Another thing is that the trapping has to be done right away. If you just set up a trap and it catches it later, it would not be a sir from the term. Um, now, there is often, when does this come up? So in the summertime, in the summertime, trapping comes up often. Um, you have an insect or something that's bothering you. When are you allowed to... Uh, you know, move it away from you, trap it in a cup, and then shoo it away. Again, I'm not talking about killing it, right? That would be a different prohibition, which is, which, uh, which we'll see, you know, there's, there's less room to be lenient. By trapping, sometimes there's leniencies. So, so now let's say you have a bug, and it's bothering you. So, you can't trap it, because you're, you're doing a malacha now, even though that trapping a bug is not something you want, and so it'll be maybe only a rabbinical prohibition, but you can't do a rabbinical prohibition because a bug is bothering you. So rather, you would need to, uh, you know, shoo it away or something. Now, there, if the bug was biting you or something, or, or causing you tsar, pain, you would be allowed to trap it momentarily, in order to move it away. 
Um, this is mentioned in the Shokhanach, in the Altar of Shokhanach, Sefiyud Tess, in chapter Shintazayin. Uh, he says, let's say the bug is on you and it's stinging you or causing you pain. The only thing you're allowed to do, he writes, is to trap it. Because it's not a type of thing that is normally something that someone would trap. Would, would trap. Not, and it's not like they're collecting it. It's just it's bothering them. And therefore, he uses an interesting wording. This type of trapping in the event where it's a bug. And the bug is stinging or bothering you. It's pestering you. Uh, causing you... Uh, causing you tsar, causing you pain, is not considered a malacha. However, he says to kill that bug, you're not allowed to do. So even if it was a mosquito which bit you or something, you're not allowed to kill it. Um, obviously, we're not talking about a mosquito which could be endangering someone's life. I don't know. Maybe in some places there are more dangerous mosquitoes, but generally, by and large, for most people, it's not in life-dangering or anything of that sort could just be um, newsome or cause pain. So he says you're not allowed to kill it because that would be a malacha gemura. That would be a full malacha. Um, yet even though you don't need the outfit, the, uh, the effect of it, but nonetheless, you, you're forbidden to kill it. Um, so, so at least, at the very least, it's rabbinically forbidden. Now, even when we said that you're allowed to trap such a bug, they didn't allow it only because, as we mentioned, it's sar, it's pain. Um, um, so therefore, that's all you can, you, you trap it and then you, you just, you know, let it go somewhere else. Okay. So therefore, we'll go through some other, um, cases. So now there's an interesting question which is brought up. Let's say you are throwing something out in the garbage. You open the garbage and you see inside it, there are flies. So, Yaltarev also talks about this, if you sift Dalit. And he mentions that uh, you have to be careful of this. It's actually from a Ramah. He says you got to be careful that you can't close the garbage bin on the flies because by you closing it on them, you're trapping them in it. He says, what's the solution? Put something between the garbage can so that when you close it, it's not still a little open. So you're not fully trapping them. Now you might ask that when you're even if you close the garbage bin, garbage bin while the flies are in there, it's not like you're intending to trap them. So he says, nonetheless, it's called a psikresha, which which means it's inevitable. It's a psikresha v'layamus, which means it's for sure going to happen that you're trapping them. You can't say, well, I'm not intending to do it, but you are doing it, and you know you're doing. It. You know that you're trapping them at that moment, whether that's your interest or not. So this is interesting. It's a psikresha, which is only a rabbinical violation because we're not trapping anything that is, has any value or worth. It's just these are bugs, flies. So it's only a rabbinical psikresha where you're not interested in the results of it. And nonetheless, Alter Rebbe says you shouldn't do it. Um, he, he says there are those who are lenient. Yesh Makilin, they say that if... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, even if you close it, the next person opens, they can easily get out. So there, the, this, so the second opinion would be lenient and allow you to close the garbage bin, even though the flies are in there, because you, you know the next time it'll open, they can get out. Now, however, the Alter Rebbe says that in one aspect, we could rely on the lenient opinion, that we don't have to look in the garbage to see if there are certainly flies in there. But 
if you see or you know that there is a fly or flies in there, then you, as we said, have to follow the stringent opinion we mentioned, which is that it shouldn't close all the way. Rather, you should put something so it doesn't close all the way. However, you don't have to go out of your way to search it to see if there's flies in it. Because if the matter is only a doubt if there are flies in there, then it's not an absolute psychratia. It's not an absolute, um, you know, inevitable violation. So there's an Altarebbe in the Kuntras Achron, in earlier in chapter 278, where there... He goes into this question about psikresha, um, and when it's a doubt of a psikresha, when do we go stringent, when do we go uh, lenient, and he mentions basically that in our case, we, could, we are more lenient, and the reason that we're more lenient is because at the moment that you um, are doing the active uh, well, the reason why we're stringent over here is because you know basically it's in there. So your action is directly closing it when, when, um, when the fly is in there. So therefore, you have to be more stringent. But sometimes we find elsewhere where we are a bit more lenient by when it's a doubt if it will be a psychratia. But again, we're more stringent in the case of where it's more, uh, you know, almost certain to us that you're doing a psychratia. Okay, so another question. Um, sometimes when people have pets, that brings up the questions, um, if you can catch your pet on Shabbos. So number one, the general idea is that pets are muksa. You can't carry animals on Shabbos. Uh, it's a question if a person, you know, wants to be lenient by certain pets. We discussed this on the Luxa laws. I think the, um, I mentioned, and it's written in a tshuva from Moshe, a small, small tshuva, he writes that uh, in one place he's implying that pets are absolutely Luxa, and another place he seems to be a bit more lenient if there's some sort of, uh, if I, they're designated, so, you know, um, he's some another place he seems to be a bit more lenient, but in any case, without going into that question about uh, if a pet is muksa, so the question is: person owns animals, will it be considered, um, you know, trapping them if you if they moved out of their area and you put them back in their pen? So it's mentioned also in the Altarev Shochanoch Sifchav Dalid. He mentions that. There's, well, there's different types of animals. So he says, for example, if you have chaya, which is a non-domestic animal, it was in your courtyard or, you know, um, goats or, um, uh, well, I'm sorry, um, like ducks and the like, uh, if you trap them, it's rabbinically forbidden. And we say it's only rabbinically forbidden because they are nitsudin v'oimdin, which means that they're really, since they're somewhat in your, your farm or so, so they're basically trapped, but you're just putting them into another, so it's rabbinic, so it's potter, you're, you're exempt, but you're still not right to do. However, certain types of birds that are very difficult to trap, if you do trap those, that actually you would be chayev on, you'd be fully obligated, uh, like I say, biblically, because those are harder to get hold of. 
So if you grab them and you put them away, it's like they uh, was really trapped. But the other first set of animals are easier to keep hold of. And then, of course, he goes on to say that if the animal rebelled, then you are for sure going to be chayev um, if you trap it. So with regard to pets, that's that really leads to the question, um, what's the deal with the pets? Um, it, it, so again, it just really depends. Uh, for example, the Alter Rebbe brings the Siv Chavhei. He says, Behemaz hagdeilim adam. Let's say you have animals that grow in a person's, grow up in his property. These animals are his. He says he's allowed to trap them even from Rishusa Rabim. It's interesting. Chidosh Alter Rebbe holds it very lenient that you can trap them even from Rishusa Rabim because these animals are very tamed and they know they are part of the owners and they stick around him. So even if they walked outside, he could somehow put them back in his place, in his property. Um, he says that a cat, for example, is like a chaya. It's not a domestic animal, really, and you can't trap it if it leaves your property. Maybe with a goy would be another story. Won't go into that. Um, but he then concludes that if the animal you know, rebelled, then it wouldn't be allowed to trap any type of animal because by it rebelling, that's basically showing it's not anymore part of your um, domain.